Hello, I'm your psychic advisor, here to help you navigate life. I'll have to tell I you... I sort of sound like Husky Alexa. Ooh, I like Husky Alexa. Husky Alexa is here to answer any question you may have about the direction and course of your time on Earth. Alexa, am I pooping too frequently? I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. David get a little saucy, so be forewarned, your sensitivity is not their problem. The Literate Ape Cast is for people who can handle both their liquor and their gag reflex. We could talk about a piece of music that I think a lot of people love that I fucking hate. Two two songs that a lot of people love that I, like, when I hear them, I want to, I'm, i hair on the back of my neck stands up I my fists clench I am like rage instantly what? and if and I can't turn the like if it's on the radio I can't turn the fucking radio off you know change the channel fast enough I can't leave the room whatever it is and those songs are there are two oh yeah in and in no particular order I think about this a lot which one I hate more and I think it depends on my mood but they are Hotel California by the Eagles and Hey Jude by the Rolling Stones Rolling Stones did not do Hey Jude, you fucking... Or John John and Yoko Plastic you Ono Band. You fucking heretic. Oh, Wings. No, Wings did, Wings did I'm Hey gonna, Jude. Man, if you weren't in Chicago, I would be I would be flicking with my <laughs> middle finger, flicking your balls as hard as I could. No, just the to monkeys make did it. The I'm going to kick did your hey ass. Jude. Oh, man. Uh, no, I... You, under, yeah. you understand that those, <laughs> both those songs are going on this episode now. I... Fuck. Well, fine. I don't listen to the, our drivel shit anyway, so I don't fucking well, care. Well, I guess that's fair. That's uh, fair. I fucking I hate those songs with such a passion, and I like you could ask me right now, what is it about them that you hate so much? And yeah, what what is it yeah. about them that you hate? Uh, what do you hate about Hotel California? Let's well, let me, stick let on me that. Just, let me just you're going to so this. perjure yeah. the Beatles, yeah. and I have no objectivity about anything the Beatles do. So. Well, let me just say this, is that I think about it a lot of why I hate these songs so much, and I can't quite put my finger on it, but let me try, and you can watch me spin out of control here. And I'm going to, yeah, and I'm going to give you, and I'm going to give you a grade, as yeah. if you're one of yeah. my eighth grade monkey heads. Go ahead. All right, so Hotel California. Yeah. Uh, wh- why, why is it so long? Does this, is, it's a story right like it's it's kind of this folk piece like there's you know there's a story and and i don't know what the point of it is and it just kind of it never really goes anywhere musically i don't think it really goes anywhere it feels like there's this um just this steady drive and the drive it's more of an idol i think they took it out of park and maybe they're on a slight downgrade so it's moving but it's not really going anywhere in particular with any intended speed or purpose. Uh, I think that um, who's the the drummer in the Beatles? It's uh, or not the Beatles, uh, the, the Eagles. Um, the fuck is his name? Don Henley. I don't like Don Henley's voice. It it feels pa- his voice sounds passive aggressive to me in all circumstances. The only Don Henley song that I can 
that I can uh, kind of choke down is Boys of Summer. So you dislike Don Henley for the same reason that I dislike Lin Manuel, whatever his name is. Yeah, it's it's in that it's in that because because the yeah. thing is, I think the guy is probably you think he's very talented. I think he's but when I listen to him sing, it sounds like he just had a full glass of fucking milk right before he sang. Yeah, I feel like Don Henley is more of a. I, I feel like Don Henley might be the world's biggest fucking cunt. You know, <laughs> like I just wow. Like I, his voice sounds like this to me. You're going to listen to this song. You're going to like it. I mean, come on. It's, I'm Don Henley. I'm in the fucking Eagles. You're going to like it. Take my music. Stick it in your ears. And fucking deal with it. Okay? <laughs> That's how Don Henley comes across me. And so Hotel California is like this. I got this story about this hotel. It's in California. And they weren't really good about naming things. They just kind of mailed it in. Hey, we're a hotel in California. We're called the Hotel California. Some things went down. I don't know. There were boys in the summer. <sighs> you love it, don't you? Yeah, we're the second best-selling album behind Thriller. It's our greatest hits. Yeah. And by the way, most of those hits weren't Don Henley songs. They were the other dead guy. Uh, whose name I can't remember right now. Either. Well, well, that well, Chad, Chadwick that, Boseman, that, right? That yeah, Chadwick Boseman and Ruth Gator Binsburg uh, were the were the writers. <laughs> and I, but here's the other thing: is I like I hate all of Don Henley's Eagle songs. I love all the other Eagle songs. Like, so like fifty percent of Eagle songs are great. The other fifty percent are absolute shit. Here's your assignment for next week. Oh fuck off. Here's your assignment for next week, and I'm gonna write this fucking down because I'm gonna put your feet to the fire. Because I don't, I, you have the right to your opinion, yeah. whether you're like, yeah. But it sounds to me the reason you dislike Hotel California is not endemic or specific to that song. It sounds that you have a very specific. I mean, there are things about that song you have a problem with, but that you specifically dislike Don Kenley. So here is your challenge, and what I'm gonna hold your feet. Okay. This week. This week, you are going to listen to at least three separate Don Kenley songs that are not Hotel California and see if you can listen to the songs and find similar, like similar threads of things you dislike. And okay. it, the, more you, yeah. the more you point at them, the more you're going to find. Because right now, it's like you don't know Don Henley, so you don't know if he's a cunt or not. I have no idea. You yeah. just kind of dislike him because of some random, like he sounds a certain way. It's sort of like Peter yeah. Sagal. Peter Sagal, when I first started working for Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, he didn't talk to me for two years. Right. And I could not, I could not figure out why, like, what what was up his ass. Because I wasn't, like, mean to him. I was, like, I was working for the show. Was, like, But he never spoke. He got my name wrong at least a dozen times. Yeah. And finally, I went to him and I said, do you have an issue with me? Because I don't understand. I mean, it was like, I don't get it because everybody else is really cool and you seem to like dislike me and I don't know what it is. Was it at the like, Christmas party where you guys drunk? You're like, hey man, what's no, your no. deal? No, this was just at work, just at WBZ. I just, I just went yeah. up to his desk. I said, can I ask you a, a, an unusual question? And he said, what's that, Don? And I said, well, first of all, you got my name right. Thank you. <laughs> right. Um, I, said, uh, I said, it seems like you dislike me. And I said, I'm curious, did I do something that put you off or something? Yeah. I mean, or, or, you know... And he, he said, no, 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 I like you fine. But it was obvious that he didn't, right? And I was yeah. like, what the fuck? So I said, okay. So I, I let it go. And then one day before the show, like a week or two later, before the show, we're in the green room, and I'm doing my job, and he pulls me aside, Don, I, I, I thought about what you asked. And I'd forgotten, kind of forgotten that I'd asked. I said, 
oh, about whether you, about whether you dislike me? He said, yeah. He said, I don't dislike you at all. You remind me. I thought about this, and I talked about it with my wife, and I realized that you, <laughs> you remind me of a guy that used to beat me up in high school. Yeah, I think you kind of remind everybody of a guy well, and, who used to beat them well, up in high school. And, 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 and Whether the they were beat so up funny, in high school or not. Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing is, I'm, I've, I've never beat anybody up in high school. I was not that guy. You I waited until college. I would, no, I was the defender yeah, of the, no, I know, the I, I know. defender of the nerds, but it was funny because we sat and Don Hall, defender of the nerds, laughing. coming this I Christmas was. to a theater near yeah. you. Oh. Yeah. Blood sport. Blood sport. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but that was the thing. And so, so I think and maybe Don Hitler's voice... His buddy in, in Bloodsport yeah. was Ogre in Revenge of the Nerds, and it all exactly. comes it together. It all comes together. All right, sorry. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but so that's what I want you to do is I want you to listen to Don Hilly because I think maybe you dislike his voice so much because he reminds you of totally. someone you didn't like in high school. Uh, and that very well could be because, again, I, I'm not sure why I hate that song so much, but those are the visceral reactions that I get when I hear it. And I, I'm also going to do some extra credit, if I may, I teacher. Love, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I love extra credit. I am, oh God, I'm stupid for saying this. Yes, you are. I hate myself. Say, I am, say it. I am going to listen to Hotel California as well. Okay. Uh, like in in a um, in a dark room with the headphones so on. Ne- so next And I'm going to like really absorb Hotel California and figure out what I don't like about it. Or maybe, maybe I'll go, I'll come out of it and go, Oh, it's not you that know, bad. So next week's Hotel episode California. is all. So look forward to it next week. For next week, anybody listening today, next week, it, the whole episode is going to be a breakdown of David's perspective on Eagles songs, and specifically Don Henley, and specifically Hotel California. Yeah. That's going to be the episode. What do, do we want to talk about? Hey Jude. No. Okay. Because good. I, have no, I don't want to because, talk about that fucking shithole either. Because I have no objectivity, and I want to continue to be your friend, and I want to continue to love you with the great love I have. And in this partisan world, oh, no. if you attack my my thing that I oh, love, no. then I automatically have to cancel you and hate your guts. Why? No, no, because no, no, that's, no, 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 no. That's what we do. Let's talk about Hey Jude then. Is this All right. is, is Hey Jude like your jam? What are your thoughts on Hey Jude? I love Hey Jude. It's not my favorite Beatles song by any stretch, but it's a great yeah, song. because it's, I mean, let, like, so let's agree, it's not, I don't think, even think it's a, and th- this is not the reason that I hate it, but I think Hey Jude is not even a good Beatles song. It is, it is super simplistic in the most well, boring way possible. Oh, no, I think it's a beautiful melody that is absolutely memorable, and, uh, and it's, it's well done, and it makes a good point, and... You know that that is a good point you bring up that it is memorable. It's an earworm or an ear yeah, yeah an earworm yeah. And, um, and when you're writing pop music, you sure, know, that is the first goal is like let's have a melody that people will remember. And, and Paul that McCartney is, is the fucking king. He's the king of because that is yeah. so. The thing is that's so incredibly yeah. difficult. Yeah. Which as is represented by a song that I hate, which is fucking Aria Aria Ariana Grande yeah. doing my favorite things. Fuck you! You don't do my favorite things. It's the it's the fucking Bruno Mars. It's Bruno Mars doing a whole pop song that's basically what? heart and soul. She does my favorite things. Da, 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 da. Fuck you! That you can't. That's not your song. That's fucking from the sound of music. And then Bruno Mars does one that's basically the melody of bum 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 ba da ba da ba da bum bum. You motherfuckers! Why are you taking great? Okay. 
memorable things and making them your own. Fuck off. I hate that oh, you this is absolutely talentless, completely uh, bereft of any imagination or creativity. You're just going to steal somebody else's shit. Why don't you... You know what? Why don't you remake the movie Red Dawn? Or... or Dawn of the Dead. Or why don't you remake a great movie? Why don't you remake The Breakfast Club? Except with like all Asian kids. Fuck you. Come up with something new. Come up with something new. Jesus Christ, what a bunch of lack of imagination coming up. There you go. You can't make you cannot make the Breakfast Club with a bunch of Asian kids because a bunch of Asian kids would not all collectively get Saturday detention. That's impossible. No, they get no, they get uh, you know, their parents would like cut their feet off or something i don't yeah. know well, um, no, that's, anyway I, but i love no I, i'm not done with this this is fascinating because i chose what's interesting is i chose two songs that are like i i feel like they carry a greater weight than ariana grande's my favorite oh, yeah. things oh absolutely because i'm an ariana grande fan i know we've talked about I it before in the show her. i i think she her music is it's fucking perfect pop sugary it's great wonderment. it's great um wonderment yeah it's a vincent truman will get that joke uh, and anybody who saw uh, uh, Enter the Mollusk will get that joke. I wrote a piece about that. I love that that little thing. That was fun. It's, it was a year ago. Like it came out. Well, yeah. more than a year ago now, which is yeah. weird. Because um, for a year, I've had on my to do list every fucking day, put Enter the Mollusk on your website, David, and I haven't done it yet because I hate running errands and updating my website is an errand that I feel like I have to run. So I'm like, ah, fuck This it. is fair. This is fair. Um, anyway, but like, Hotel California, Hey Jude are like American culture songs. Like these, I mean, even though the Beatles are British, you know what I mean? You know, they're pop, they're pop music songs. That Ariana Grande thing. Ah. And the Bruno, I don't even know what Bruno Mars song you're talking about. But I will say this about Bruno Mars. It's the one that sounds like it's that completely rips off that fucking simplistic but earwormy heart and soul thing that you play with your fucking kid on the piano. Yeah, and Bruno Mars's entire career, and I don't, I don't dog on him for this because I love Bruno Mars. I hate that song, but he, he is 1980s Michael Jackson. That's what he does. And that's that's actually a pretty good comparison. Most of the time, it's pretty great because who doesn't love? 1980s Michael Jackson, forgetting everything we know about Michael Jackson now in retrospect. See, no, who no, doesn't love, who doesn't love off no, the wall thriller? Back, bad. back it up, back it up. I don't have to forget everything I know about Michael Jackson to still love 1980s Michael Jackson. What I meant when I said that, let me rephrase. Um, don't think about what we know about Michael Jackson. Think about the music and only the music. I like to think about what we know about Michael Jackson. I right, still well, that's like weird. Michael Jackson. I, I don't know what to tell you about that. Uh, hey Jude, though I, for those who aren't familiar, and this is kind of an everybody knows this story, but you know, Paul wrote that song for for Julian Lennon when John and Cynthia, his first wife, Julian's mother, were I think going through a divorce. It was about like your dad is not being a good dad. Your parents are going through some fucked up shit you're a kid you don't know what the fuck's going on you're also a kid of john lennon your life is a fucking weird circus carousel of shit and and wonderment and whatever (laughs) so so paul like the good friend he is stepped in to say hey dude it's okay just like i think you would do i hope you would do if katie and i completely fucking fell apart and harry was like ah you'd say hey harry hey dude yeah 
Yeah, that's what I do. And <laughs> so I, I, I respect the the point of view of the song, and I respect the uh, the um, impetus, you know, uh, to do that. The background, yeah. But again, it's it. And, I know and why you don't like fine. either one song. It's it's I know fine why you up don't to like the point where the the. The ending, and I can't remember the, the music terminology for the na 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 that refra- the refrain, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, enough. <laughs> I think that's it. See, enough this is that what I, I have. I have a theory, and we'll talk about this a bit uh, next week. We because obviously we're talking about it now, but uh, uh, we will talk about this. <laughs> I have a theory. I think you hate Hotel California and Hey Jude. For exactly the same reason, I hated Ms. Pac-Man. Um, Ooh, okay. Because it was a fine game, but everybody else thought it was the greatest fucking game there was. And because everybody loved it so much, and I didn't really care for it that much, my my dislike of, of it got bigger and bigger because everybody insisted mm-hmm. it was great. Yeah. So, you know, it's sort of and like a contrarian thing. I will admit that there is a, a part of me that... that will react negatively to, you know, 50,000 Elvis fans can't be wrong. Or can they? Like, I, I can be that guy. Yeah, I know you can. And I'm fine with that. Like, that was my feeling on Macklemore. Like, I there think Macklemore is, he's fine, but everybody calm it's, down a little bit. Did, like, he's not you, what, that what, good. What, what'd you call him? Macklemore? Macklemore. It's Macklemore. Macklemore. It's not Macklemore. First of all, like it even fucking matters. What names do we get right on I'm this podcast? I'm just saying it's Macklemore. You don't call him Macklemore. Macklemore. Hang on a second. It, it's spelled Macklemore. It's, it's pronounced Macklemore, and he sucks. It's it's so. spelled M A C K L E M O R E. Yeah, I know. Macklemore. Mackle. No, it is not pronounced Macklemore. It's called Macklemore. He's called. His name is Macklemore. All right, dickbag. According to Wikipedia, it is pronounced. Mac Lamore. I think that's some horseshit. Well, go on to Wikipedia and change it. No, I just think it's horseshit. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't care. So that's the thing. I don't care. I well, couldn't name one Macklemore song. There's the one about him <clears throat> buying a, going to the thrift <laughs> shop, like. Oh yeah, yeah, that one. Uh, and there was the, there was the, the, I think the thing that turned me off to because before like the thrift shop song, I was like, oh, isn't that? Clever? I don't even know what you're Ooh. talking about a thrift shop song. But then he had the song about. Like it was like gay rights um, or or acceptance of homosexuality. I don't know about at, that song at, either. Yeah, and it was like it was like the message in the same vein of of Hey Jude. The message is good. It came from a good place, but it became this. Look at me. Well, see, then it didn't I, come from a. It didn't come well, from a good place. It came from a self-serving, narcissistic, virtue signaling place. Well, I, I, totally I, different thing I won't than a go, good I, place. I won't go that far because you're an artist with people listening to you. So everything has a degree of let's give the people what they want. But it was this. You're right. It's sort of like Nike saying Colin Kaepernick is their spokesperson. They yeah. didn't do that because they believed anything about black lives matter. They did it because Correct. they knew they could sell more fucking shoes that way. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not inspired yeah. by Macklemore, Macklemore, Mac, 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 the knife, whatever. I am not inspired by that fucking guy writing a, a gay song. I don't even know what song you're talking about. I'm well, still fascinated by the thrift store song, which I still don't know what you're talking about. Since you brought up Mac, the knife, I got, got a lot of issues with Bobby Darren, buddy. 
Well, I, everybody does. Bobby <laughs> Darren was a wife beater, so whatever. I have issues with Kevin Spacey playing Bobby Darren in like the 2003 Under the Sea. Under the, Under sea. the sea. No, beyond, love, beyond the Sea. Beyond the Sea. I Which love, I love that song. Spacey. I love, I love that Kevin song. Spacey. So. But what bothered me about that is that that was a, dare I say, a Don Henley move. Like, watch, I'm going to do what I'm going to do because I'm fucking Kevin Spacey. I'm going to play uh, all versions of Bobby Darren. But I'm like 20 years older than he was when he died. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, uh, come on, Kev. Anyway. Anyway. Yes, next week is a music episode, so that'll be fun. Hello, I'm your psychic advisor here to help you navigate life. I'll have to tell I you. I sort of sound like Husky Alexa. Ooh, I like Husky Alexa. Husky Alexa is here to answer any question you may have about the direction and course of your time on Earth. Alexa, am I pooping too frequently? There is no such thing as pooping too frequently. Do you have liquid poops? Uh, yeah, it's pretty much just liquid. I'm basically pissing out of my ass. Unfortunate, however, still necessary. <laughs> wait, wait, what's wait? What's happening? Are you? Nothing, is I your butt know. really compromised? No, okay, my butt's that, fine. My butt's okay, fine. Right. That's um, I'll have to tell you my uh, my psychic story someday because I, I had a, a fun psychic Do adventure you? in Bucktown years ago. Uh, Did you call a one? Oh, oh, Bucktown. Yeah. Okay, so a live psychic. Yeah, but that's a story for a different time. Um, all right, so you're a dream specialist, yes? I wouldn't necessarily call myself that, but I do enjoy dream interpretation. I had a, at one point, I mean, this started all the way back in high school, um, and to the point where I, someone gave me a dream encyclopedia for, mm. I think it was Christmas, and um, so that's, it's supposed to be like a general reference for yeah. if you, it, whatever image sticks out. Usually there's like one image that's sticking out very strongly and, and what Water it represents. Or, yeah, you're falling or. Bees. Right. Chasing you. Right. Uh, snakes. It, it just for whatever reason, like antagonistic mm -hmm. uh, reptiles or insects kind of stick out, but, but they always tend to represent these images something completely opposite than what you would think. Like my friend Kelly recently had a dream about turtles. Like we went out to her, uh, the trunk of her car to get in the dream. In the dream, right, to, okay. To get something and I had basically like, hey, check this out. And I opened up the trunk of her car and, sh and there are all these little baby turtles. And turtles, greenbacks, mm -hmm. a lot of turtles mean like money. So that's oh, like, interesting. that's fun. That's a good thing. Yeah, I get a lot of recurring dreams. Um, like my teeth are falling out. I get a lot of those. And I get yeah. a lot of where I'm driving and I lose control of the car. Right. And sometimes it's like, sometimes it's on ice. Sometimes it's like, you know, based in reality. Other times it's like the car just like lifts up from the earth and is, you know, just this out of control driving which i think yes. is pretty clear like i don't have control of my life i have a, a the, fear of of uh well, you yeah. know uncertainties you know that pretty basic stuff 
Um, well, the that the fact that it, your our dreams are part of the defragmentation process that our brain goes through mm -hmm. after we've processed a fuck ton of information every single day. Um, that's it's it's kind of necessary, and I think yeah, all of us have things that we're working out even in our sleep. We're thinking yeah. through issues even while we rest. Which is interesting. You say like all the information that's coming in, and you have to process that when you're sleeping. Like that's the brain healing itself, you know. So, Harry, um, you know, a, a two and a half year old, they're right. like, what is it that they aren't learning every day? You know, like even like the normal shit. Like he knows what a bath is, but I think that every day he's got to be receiving a ton of new information way more than we are at in you know in our 40s right he's a sponge i mean yeah. I, I, I hope um get him to listen to those spanish tapes start now so a couple oh absolutely yeah yeah um so a couple weeks ago he, he harry's always been a really good sleeper once we get him down he's you know he'll fight bedtime whatever but like once he's down he's pretty much out for the night um, even as a baby baby, like he didn't do a lot of the, he did normal baby waking up in the middle of the night, but he was, he was always a good sleeper. So yeah, a couple good. weeks ago at like, maybe it was like two in the morning, like middle of the night, two thirty, three in the morning, he wakes up and he's screaming, oh, screaming, boy. screaming, screaming, screaming. And sometimes he does this. We just kind of like, we'll pop up on the, you know, we'll open up our phones for the, you know, the camera in his room and just like make sure that he's like, hasn't fallen out of bed or like just. Because we can tell, like, by his movements, like, is he just having a moment or is he, like, is, is he, he up about and to compromise out? his, yeah. yeah, physical self? All right. So I check on it. He's, like, sitting up and he's screaming. He's like, Daddy, my daddy, my daddy. So I, I go in there and the first thing he says is, My slothy. Because he's got his little stuffed animal Toy. sloth thing. So Love that had that fallen sloth. out of bed. So I give that back to him. And, oh, and he had, there was, like, this this phase that he was going through at the time where he wanted Slothy to be wrapped up in a t-shirt or in a dish towel. Like swaddled he wanted swa He wanted Slothy yeah. swaddled. So Slothy had come unswaddled. So he says, you know, swaddle, sl you know, Slothy, wrap him up. And, and I, okay, okay. And I, I figured, I figured that he'd <laughs> had a nightmare. Just like the way that he was screaming, just his, his manner, just everything. I'm like, he's, this is a nightmare. Something, a, a nightmare dream. woke him up. So I'm trying to talk to him to get information out of him without uh, leading him, you know, without going, did you have a nightmare about something like maybe snakes or your teeth falling out? You know, uh, yep. so, so I said, you know, why, why are you so upset, Harry? Why did Slothy the t-shirt? Okay, we'll put Slothy's t-shirt on. Why do you want Slothy to have a t-shirt on? I just want him to be cozy. Like, oh, you sweet little fucking cunt. Know, right? You know, right? <laughs> so... I wrap up Sloth and I give it back to him. And then he's still really upset. And he's like, Daddy, hug me. Stick, huddle, snuggle. Aww. All right. So I'm like stroking his head and just calming him down. And he's, he's mellowing out. But then he says, without prompting, he says, I don't like lions. Lions are scary. Oh. And I said, ah, that's what it must be. He must have had a dream about a lion that freaked him out. And that, okay. that's what woke him up. So I said, well, what don't you like about lions? He said, they're scary. I said, yeah, well, they, they don't have to be. They, you know, they live in the jungle far away from here, or we can see them in the zoo, but they do their thing. We do ours. You don't have to worry about it. You know, what, I'm just trying to talk him down. And I said, well, let's think about other things. Let's think about Slothy. Let's think about Mommy. Let's think about Poppy's boat. You know, what, just to get his mind off of it. 
sure. and I calm him down. And he was such go a to the happy sweet, place. Yeah, and he was such a he didn't want me to leave. He wanted me to hold him, and it's like, can you have nightmares every night because you are fucking adorable right now? Uh, you are yeah, so loving and sweet. Mm-hmm. But so I started thinking, like, well, what happened? And I, I'm deducing this on my own, right? Because he can't say I had a nightmare about lions because he doesn't know what nightmares are. He's not old enough to communicate that stuff yet. Right. But I figured that he had a, a because again, like out of nowhere, he just said, I don't like lions. <laughs> you know, he's never had an issue with lions before. We've never, the only like run in his head with lions are like in books of here are animals and lions live in the jungle, you know, like. <sighs> Books you know. or nature television shows. Did you guys like watch something where, I don't know, a yeah. giraffe got chased and eaten or something? Nope. Nothing like that. I mean, okay. all, all the books that he has that have lines in them, it's all lighthearted kids' book stuff, you know, just. Sure. You know. But that's. Uh, despite all that, um, somehow, this is how, like, weird especially images from nature. Again, we were talking, like I was mentioning bees and snakes. Yeah. Um, They have this way, since we share a a planet with them, um, I feel like they find this way even more so of insidiously like crawling in there and Mm -hmm. becoming something that Otherwise, we wouldn't know that they represent at all. Meaning, like they're self—they're kind of self-transformational, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, and so, yeah, the lion thing could have uh, done that very thing. Like well, what, what, what transmogrified is sort of the, the sort of word that I'm kind yeah. of going yeah. for. Well, what interests me is that you know, you know, you talk about the, the symbolism of you know your teeth falling out or water or whatever. Those things seem to be attached to adult, more adult worries, like, mm-hmm. you know, lack of self-confidence, fear of the future, concern about money. Harry doesn't have any of that shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So is, is the nature, is the lion, you know, does that mean something specifically? Or is it just like he was dreaming about lions because he saw, you know, maybe we read, and I don't remember, but maybe we read, do you remember the book uh, Where's Spot? When you were a kid? Yes, yes. So, you know, in that book, the mom, the mom dog, Sally, right. is looking for her puppy Spot. Mm-hmm. And you check behind the door. Is he in here? And there's a bear eating mm-hmm. honey. Nope, not here. There's, you know, in the piano, it's a hippo with a bird. Nope, not here. And the, there's a lion underneath the stairs. Mm-hmm. Maybe we read that book. Dude, and there was we read books like that all the time. There's a book called Runaway Bunny. Yep. That's by the same author of Goodnight Moon. Goodnight mm-hmm. Moon is one of those same books. Yep. I'm thinking of uh, P.D. Eastman's Are You My Mother? Yeah, if you've he's ever got read that, that, one. that yep. book. Yep, yep. So, so, so what we have um, is it, it's a super primal, basic relationship conflict that is at stake in all of these books. Um, and that's something that I, sw- I swear we're, we're born with. Well, I just, I wonder if like, if, if his, in his dream, he was thinking about the lion and it just roared really loudly because he knows that lions go rawr, you know, and they have sharp teeth. And I just wonder if it was that versus Was it just, was it exclusively the lion? That's like, all he said. I mean, all there... I have to go on is him saying, I don't like lions. They're scary. I don't know. So like, which, when, which is like, kids speak for... 
I was scared by a lion in my dream. And then, you know, by the time you put the kid back to sleep, he doesn't remember in the morning that he's dreamt about a lion, probably. Right. He forgot all about this. Totally forgot. He's, play, he's got a little um, lion toy that came with this, like, jungle animal th- memory game thing. Yeah, yeah. He's totally, like, he hasn't said shit about lions since. Totally fine. Yeah. Everything's good. It was just, like, his first nightmare. That's what he's doing. Nightmare. Right, that's very, uh, like, on an unconscious level, that's what he's yeah. doing. He's thinking about, like, um, uh, relationships, mother-son, father-son, uh, son as related to uh, things that he owns, like toys, and then the, and knowing that the lion is a symbol for something else that exists outside of himself. I think you're I mean, giving I think his brain just... too much credit on that. Well, I think, I think that's us. Like, do you, do you have any recurring dreams or, you know, like uh, recurring themes ooh. even? Well, this is you're bringing up a, a really interesting phenomena because I'm not the only person who's gone through this. But a, a women of a pubescent age, I guess, have reported to have dreams about um, pirates specifically this is the only really? reoccurring dream that i've ever had well it manifested as pirates but like the when you say oh, pubescent at age, least for me mean, so obviously i know what pubescent age means but is there a a, a a a time frame is it like age 13 to 25 or is it just any woman who's like like around the time that you are uh coming into your own as a, a woman so like who so puberty is, during puberty about to menstruate, yeah. exactly. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, okay. 10, 11, 12, 13. So not a 41-year-old um, or a or a 36-year-old. No. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yep. No, no, no. So Although pirates, if, okay. So, so well, for me, it was, it was pirates in a really weird way because I grew up in pe- Western Pennsylvania. It was pirates, the baseball team. Sure, right, yep. But I kept, it, I kept imagining that I was at the baseball stadium, Three River Stadium, at that time and I had lost my mother like someone had mur like and I knew someone had murdered her like at the baseball game this yes and this is the crux of it it's like the what women end up dreaming about is the murder or the dispatching of their mother figure at the time and it it Mm. has everything to do with the fact that you are taking on this mantle of womanhood on your own. And it's for me, that's just hmm. how it translated okay. as a process. Yeah. But a lot of women have reported having dreams where mom's getting killed, mom's dying. Interesting. Um, I've never heard that before. Yeah, I'll, I'll, that, I'm going to ask Katie age. if she's ever had that. Yeah, that's, I that's crazy. I bet something wow. sticks out for her. But yeah. why, why pirates? What is that? Is it just, is it? Because I, that's, because that's the pirate is like the, the outside external force over which we have no control. Like the mother is the relationship. Um, and in the case with my mom, it was a good one. It wasn't contentious. I mean, and only in the average way that a contentious relationship yeah. can be when you're a teenager with your mom. And right. You right. don't want to be around any adults. Um, but I think that, yeah, the pirates represent uh, the world at large, the de- definitely like the baseball stadium was this large urban setting mm-hmm. that I was generally uh, unfamiliar with. 
Um, and I mean, it's been, th that structure's been demolished and um, replaced with something else that I'm now still unfamiliar with, but if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure there's there are more elements of this that can be spoken to that just aren't right at the forefront of my brain right now, because it's been a while since I thought about this, but, so but yeah, that one stands out a lot. I just did a really quick um, Bing search. Searchy poo? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't use Bing. Fucking who, Bing doesn't even use fucking Bing. Uh, I did, when, uh, so I, I, this is from I, I typed in a pirate dream meaning, and the first the first uh, result was from a website called Female First, for, out of the UK. Yeah. What does it mean to dream about a pirate? If you see a pirate in your dream, it's possible someone or something is affecting your negativity. Is affecting you negatively Ready? in your waking hours. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, without getting too deep into it, but I mean that right away that could be the the mother daughter thing again, the contentious relationship, even if it's average. Yeah, that's that's sure. interesting. I sure. had in addition to the the um, the losing teeth and the spinning out of control dream, the recurring dream that I had a lot as a kid. I think the last time I had it was I was maybe, maybe let's just call it prepubescent, because that I, yeah, but I used to okay. have it a lot when I was a little kid, and I was, it was like a Saturday or Sunday morning, and it must have been a Saturday morning because my dad was mm -hmm. at home. He used to work at the at our family business, and on Saturdays, and I was at home on the couch watching TV, and there was a door the doorbell rang, and mm -hmm. mom said okay. Can you get? She was like in the kitchen cleaning or something. She says, "Can you get the door?" So I get up, and I go to the front door, and it's this woman who I don't know, but she's a friend of my mom's, mm. and she's holding a, a globe in her hand, mm. like you know, she's mm. cradling a globe. Whoa! Um, and she says, "Is your mom home?" And I said, "Not right now, for whatever reason." <gasps> and she says, Whoa. "She says, okay, listen, you need to hold on to this." And whatever you do, whatever you do, do not drop it. <gasps> That's the family jewels dream, David. So, you have the family jewels dream. Well, wait, it gets weirder. So, or maybe this isn't weird yet, but it gets weird. So Whoa. she hands me this this globe, and and then leaves, and then just she's uh -huh. and I'm standing mm -hmm. there at the in my front door, you know, in our our. What do you call uh, your foyer or whatever? The foyer, yeah. The, what whatever. is what does the globe look like? Um, Did it ever change shape? Yeah, kind of, sort of. So what, it's it was this. What color was it? It was a it was a globe when she had it, but as she hands it to me, it becomes this living Earth. <gasps> uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. But it's not our Earth. It's a you know it doesn't have the same continents or you know land masses that we have. And as I'm holding it, my hands aren't wet from the water, but there's there's oceans right, and right. things. Yes. And it's probably the size, maybe a little bit larger than, slightly larger than a basketball in my hands. And as I'm holding it, I see these little green people in spacesuits on the surface of the Earth, like standing above. So they're not, they're not to scale of the globe, right? Sure, sure, sure. The sure. best way that I can explain these little green people is... And I didn't know this at the time because it was way before the movie came out. But do you remember the the aliens from Toy Story? Yes. 
Think of it like that. Like they're kind of yes. in this, you know, the Buzz Lightyear aliens. Yes. And they're they're cleaning the the surface of the earth. They have vacuums. We they love have earth. Yeah. They have we vacuums. Love. They have these backpacks that are cleaning everything up. And I'm holding it. And then it without warning, it just it 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 slips through my hands and falls on the black tile of our foyer. Mm. And it and it breaks in half right along the equator, and it cracks open. And inside, it's hollow, and it looks like a, 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 a like a malted milk ball. Mm-hmm. You know, if you like, if you take like a milk, not a milk dud, um, uh, yeah, milk dud, right? Those are the yeah, yeah, malted yeah. milk balls, that, whatever those the fuck are those are. Milk. Yeah, yes, and yes. you suck all the chocolate off, and you take it out of your mouth, and you look at the the surface. It's like of it. a rock. It's like it's a rock dead. with like it's it like looks Mercury. like the moon. Yeah, it looks like the moon, yeah. right? It's got the little yeah. holes in it. Malt-pocked. So the inside of it hollow, but the the inside looked like the malted milk ball. Like it had these little pockets of holes, and there were the same little green men inside cleaning it. But when it broke open, all the little green people froze. Mm. As if they were frozen in time or dead or something. But it just, it broke so easily and so crisply, so cleanly down that equatorial line. Wow. And that was it. Then I would wake up. And I had this dream all the fucking time as a kid. Okay, so what do you think that dream means? I think that dream means that I I think that I, I have... I have way... I feel that I have way more responsibility for the the goodness of the planet and humanity, you know, cause I have the, I literally have the whole world in my hands and I'm told, or, right, don't fate. drop it. And I, I drop, yeah. I drop the ball and everything yes. stops. Well, and so in that case, you know, that's, you couldn't, I think in the dream world, you couldn't not drop it because dropping it is the ultimate lesson about the fragility of it Yeah, and how, yeah, all of us are on this uh, weensy marble in space, floating around, and uh, and that could go tits up anytime. Um, very quite fragile. And I think you know, I haven't spent much time thinking about the the cleaning aspect of the people, the little green people. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like, what, why are they cleaning? I'm a, I like things organized. I like you know. I'm not like super neurotic. I, I don't need to, you know, like my desk is up. My office is a fucking mess sure, right now. Sure, but, sure, sure. You know. um, I think I really need to like, I kind of want to pick this apart. Like go to an actual, with all due respect, Dana, an actual dream expert and like, well, you could, I mean, you I think, could. Because it stopped at, at you'd puberty. Have lots of I haven't had it since did. puberty. And I wonder like how that, this might be the most formative event recurring event mm-hmm. in my life mm-hmm. that is yeah i don't know it's but yeah that's just that's, well it's worth yeah it's worth writing down every single thing that you can think about it to the point where like you're drawing yeah things and when i think of like the little green men i'm thinking of you know active cellular makeup uh Made by photosynthesis in trees, yeah, you know that are cleaning the air all the time. I mean, they were they were um, humanoid for whatever that's worth. Sure, because that's what our brains do to things. Right. We, that's what we know. Uh, transmogrify yeah. all sorts of um, inhuman things. Um, 
But yeah. uh, I love that dream. And there's a, a dream that I had that was similar. One day I found, I, they're just bits and pieces of it, but I found, I was in a like a lock. Uh, I was there with some relatives too. My cousin was one of them. There's, you know how you like pull a ship into a lock and then, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you get yep. it to recalibrate the water level. Well, in the lock there was, we had to go diving for uh, what, there was basically like a, you know, those large craftsman tool boxes, mm-hmm. like the big ones for your garage. Yep. yep. Well, in them, um, we end up pulling out two massive jewels, um, hmm. one of which is large and clear, and the other is smaller and pink. And hmm. so, and what that said to me, I mean, I loved this dream because it was so luscious and there was like a, there was a good <laughs> feeling to it. And there was just that, that I love dreams about water. There's such a, a, the immersive literal quality of going into the well and resting and healing, being weightless, um, being completely free to move too yeah. is part of it. Um, but knowing that this, this larger clear jewel was uh, extended people in the world, friends, friends of friends, um, people of which I was not direct relation. And then the pink jewel represented family and the bloodline. And I just, the fact that there were these two entities that were so beautiful and, and that the treasure was protected in this way um, where they were, uh, but yet we could still kind of take them out and observe them and appreciate them for the treasure they were. Mm. That's just some, sometimes you have a dream and you just wake up and it's almost like I'm healed. There's such a great feeling yeah. that I have from this. I'm just radiating from this. Um, and so I hope Harry and you have more dreams like that. It's too. been a while since I've had one, but yeah, I hope that yeah. I tell them every night I have sweet dreams and then He's like, yeah, whatever, dick. Lions are assholes. And you're like, all right, whatever. <laughs> all right, so did you do your homework? I did do my homework. I listened to, I would say, a lot of Don Henley on vocals. Okay, so, no, all right, no, I want you to define what a lot of Don Henley on vocals actually is. I listened to, so... He, he, like the big hits at Don Henley, and I, I didn't go into Don Henley's uh, solo stuff. I just stuck with the Eagles. Uh, Don Henley sang on, and I wasn't supposed to listen to Hotel California. I did not. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that was you. That's where we started. So yeah, that I was will. Not the I point. will just put this out there that you know, in my the between the YouTube and the Spotify playlist that I had going, Hotel California did come up. Um, of I course, actively. See, of course, it did because it's fucking Hotel California. Um, but I listened to Don Henley's like big Eagles hits. So Desperado. Yep. Witchy Woman. These are great songs, man. Best of My Love. Yeah. One of These Nights. Okay. The Long Run. Yep. Life in the Fast Lane. Wasted Time in a New York Minute. I mean, Life in a Fast Lane. Come on. All right. So, How can you not like that? So let's just quickly walk through these. Desperado. Eh. Oh, you're. Uh. It just kind of go. It just kind of goes nowhere, which feels like the theme of 
a, a lot of the Eagles, a, a lot of Don Henley's Eagles songs, but it's not necessarily Don Henley. I think that he, it sounds like, you know, the, the mid-1970s when the Eagles were at their peak. Yeah. The mid-1970s was real big on soft rock, and like everyone yeah. was like, they were either coming down from all the fucking drugs of the 60s, or they figured out heroin and they were just real fucking mellow yeah you know okay that's where yacht rock was born you know your kenny Loggins. your when the doobie brothers got really fucking lame and they put michael mcdonald on on lead vocals for most of their hits uh so you don't like michael mcdonald either i don't dislike michael mcdonald michael mcdonald um i just think is a little soft um and but he's got that voice that sticks in your brain like fucking tacky glue, really really tacky glue. And he's everywhere in the 1970s. Michael McDonald is fucking everywhere. He's singing lead on the Doobie Brothers. He's singing backup for Christopher Cross. He's singing backup for uh, uh, Steely Dan. He's fucking everywhere. But we're not talking about. We can talk about Michael McDonald another time. But I'm no, I just, I just, uh, sorry, sorry to divert yeah. you. I'm just sorry. So you don't like Desperado? I mean, Desperado. It's fine. It's eh. It's fine. Right. It's, but you don't hate it. I don't. Let me just put this out there up front. I don't hate any of these of these songs as much as I hate Hotel California. All right. So it may be just Hotel California. Not Hotel California is a standalone. Even though you do maintain that that Don Henley is the Ira Glass. Yeah, he's just, he's just kind of he just kind of like does his thing and he's just kind of there and yeah, maybe gets a little excited sometimes, but it's mostly just kind of right about here. Okay, all right. So keep going, keep going. Uh, witchy woman, it's fine, but I think he's got the the band. You know, they're doing interesting stuff is happening with the band, so they're they're helping him out, they're propping him up a bit. There's, you know, so, eh, it. But it's fine, it's fine. Uh. Best of My Love was their first number one hit, and uh, okay, <laughs> I just I I mean this is like the most boring review ever because it's the most boring fucking music ever. So in your opinion, it is the music of okay because we were trying to get to the heart of it in the conversation a couple weeks ago, and it, it's not that you dislike Don Henley specifically. It's that you find the music of the Eagles to be sort of tepid. Well, but the there are there are Eagles songs that I don't find tepid. It's the ones with Don Henley on lead vocals, which makes me think. And I, you know, I, I did a little research into like who was the lead on this. Yeah, you know, yeah. Who's the creative lead on this? And it seems it the the. the what I took away from it was that when Don Henley is on lead, and I think this is probably for most bands, when there's, you know, like if Paul McCartney and John Lennon, if Paul is on lead vocals, Paul's driving the creative, Paul's the creative force behind that. And John and yeah. the rest of them are just are playing. They're just following his lead and helping. Yeah, him yeah out they're, help, they're helping out and helping yeah. him write it. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I uh, get that. That makes sense. I mean, that's why Ringo was like, look, guys, I don't sing on a lot of these songs, but when I do... I could buy with a little help from my friends. There you go. See? Octopus's uh, Garden. Yeah. Yeah. Maxwell's uh, which is Silver Hammer. Which is currently Harry's favorite song, Octopus's Garden. Well, see, Ringo had something going on. And his second favorite song, he loves the, he wants the fucking Beatles. He wants the octopus and he wants the strawberry song. There he you go. He wants Strawberry Fields, uh, which is one of my favorite Beatles go. songs. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um. So one of these nights, one of these nights is good. Yeah. It's cool. It's got a driving force. Um. Yeah, I'm down with one of these nights. Totally fine. Even though Don Henley's singing it. Yep, it's one of his better ones. I I don't dislike one of these nights. It's it's cool. Uh, the long run. The long run is a. It, it is right up there with uh, the Doobie Brothers. What a fool believes. Okay, Chris, all right, yeah. Cross running with the wind. It's the safe, soft rock. You know, adult contemporary song. It's really safe. It doesn't take too many chances. It's not too loud. The bass. You know, the rhythm section is perfectly balanced with the rhythm set. Like everything is just. It's just so, which is really fucking lame to me, but it's All fine. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Um, Life in the Fast Lane. I like Life in the Fast Lane. Everybody likes Life in the Fast Lane. It's a fucking great song. I feel like Life in the Fast Lane is, thank God for Joe Walsh. I feel like there's a lot of Joe Walsh in Life in the Fast Lane. I think that's actually a pretty fair assessment. Yeah, and, yeah, know, I think you're, Joe yeah. Walsh joined the band seventy four, I think, something like that. Yeah, seventy, yeah, seventy, maybe seventy, maybe fucking, I don't know, whatever. But when Joe Walsh, Joe Walsh is a kind of a badass rock and roll motherfucker, right? Like Joe Walsh is is badass. When when Joe was looking to join the band, Henley thought that Joe Walsh was quote too wild. For the Eagles. So, I don't like him. He smokes too... He's too loud. He's drinking. His guitars are fast. I... So, right there, that's kind of a... Your perception of Don Henley is... is, Don, uh, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I'm not sure if I know I buy it, but you're definitely keeping in contrast. You're keeping in in the same lane as the uh, Ira Glass comparison, so I'm... I'm, Yeah. you gotta go with it, yeah. So just, I mean, the idea that, that Henley thought that Joe Walsh was too wild for the band says a lot about Don Henley, and... So, anyway, Life in the Fast Lane, totally cool. Uh, wasted Time... Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Right? I'm with you. Here's the one that fucked me up for a minute, though. It fucked me up for a New York minute? Which I've never really understood that... That I've, phrase. I've but. never understood the phrase, but that song. Full admission here. Uh, I was a radio disc jockey for six years. I worked in the yeah. old. I worked in oldies. You wrote a book about it, man. I wrote a book about it. Uh, you know, a music dork, not super, super music dork, but I, I kind of know my shit. I think. Uh, I'm a welterweight. In music, nerdiness, I think. I had no fucking idea that In a New York Minute was an Eagles song. Had oh, really? No idea. No idea. So I'm like doing my research and I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Because I fucking love that song. Ah. I so love now, In a New all York right, Minute. So now, uh, all right. And so we got to wrap this up because this is going to be yes. the longest episode yeah. ever. But I will say it's uh, this is my dream analysis. Okay. So Danny yep. did the dream analysis of the dreams. I'm going to say, based on what you just said, is that I think you have an implicit bias against the Eagles in general 
Don Henley specifically, because when you were presented with an Eagles song that I will argue is a fine song, I would not say it is better than most. I would say it's about, you know, in, in your, but the fact that you didn't know it is an Eagles song and you loved it, and the reason you're conflicted is that you are living with a bias sure. against the Eagles, not against the music you're listening to. And so any song you hear that you think is Don Henley, I mean, if there was like somebody that, that kind of sounded like Don Henley and you listened to on the radio, he, no matter who it was, uh-huh. it, because you think it sounds like Don Henley, you're going to dislike it. Because you think it sounds like the Eagles, you're going to go, nope, that's a boy. If somebody says, oh, I got to play this Eagles song, and it's a fucking, I don't give a shit, a Beastie Boys song. And <laughs> it, and and you go, it's an Eagles song. You've already determined in your mind it's an Eagles song. It's probably bad. So if it inspires anything good in you, you're like, okay, that was an outlier. Well, because I like it kind of. That's Joe Walsh's influence. I get it. But I, I, I love Take It Easy. I love uh, Already Gone. I mean, there's a lot of Eagles songs that I know are Eagles songs that I do really, really enjoy. Um. But here, here's what I here's my big takeaway from from this homework assignment. Yes. Don Henley's still kind of eh, he's um, eh, whatever, but uh, I I I don't dislike I've I've come to appreciate I even came to appreciate Desperado a bit because I, I I've always liked Desperado I put that right up there with Hotel California the kind of like annoying meh, whatever pussy song. That's the third fucking misogynistic thing I've said. This is a bad episode. No, what it's a great wrong episode. With me, you're, you know, it's one of those episodes Fuck. where we're seeing your true stripes. I'm just, I've been annoyed you're with my exp- feminist wife lately. That's what it is. Well, that's this probably what's being, coming this up. This is me being passive aggressive, like the typical fucking beta male that I am. There you go. <laughs> but I, 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 I'm going to revisit the Eagles again after all this is said and done. With it, I've got new open eyes. And I still think Hotel California is a gigantic steaming pile of horse shit. I would put Hotel California... As far as steaming piles of horse shit goes, Donald Trump, Hotel California, share the fucking stage. All right, Simeon cohort, here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first is a listen. Um, I want you to... If, you don't, if you're not already listening to this, Vox puts out a, a podcast called The Weeds, and they did like a four-part series called by the people uh their their fourth one is called the supreme court's war on democracy this is a really great thing to listen to it lays out like how important and and fucked up the supreme court has been but how what's important about this is how paramount the supreme court like this kind of like third-rate actor in our democracy as we look at the you know the entertainment of democracy fuck the president Pay attention to the Senate. Fuck the Senate. Pay attention to the fucking courts. What the fuck is the Supreme Court doing? And this is all about that, and it's really interesting, and it's really, really terrifying. Oh, yeah, it's totally terrifying. You and I have talked about this. Like, fuck the presidency. Pay attention to what the Senate is doing. Pay attention to McConnell. They're the people behind, they're the man behind the curtain. And they've been packing the courts yeah. with uh, yes. conservative judges for yep. decades now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my first thing is uh, read. It's in ProPublica. It comes from the main monitor and written by Samantha Hogan. It is called, She Was Afraid of Her Lawyer, Then the Text Messages Started. Oh, God. That sounds like a Lifetime is, movie. This, well, it's, uh, <laughs> th- all right. So Text messages the, from your lawyer. Sort of like. 
Sort of like the 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 underneath the the title, it says Leah Kerwin started receiving daily texts and videos explicitly requesting oral sex or intercourse. They came from her court appointed attorney who had already been suspended for other misconduct. This is a fucked oh up. But it's like you're talking you're talking about like the courts. So you're talking about judges. This is about like people that cannot afford attorneys. This is a horror story yeah. of a guy that basically was a scumbag. And was just he was just a shit ass who sexually sexually harassed like any female client he had for years. Yeah. So it is a very wow. very interesting read. All right, my next thing is uh, is also a read. Uh, it's a book. It's called North and Central. It's by Bob Hartley. Andy's a bartender on Chicago's West Side in the late 1970s. For years, he's been slinging beers to corrupt cops and fat Zenith employees, but given the neighborhood's ongoing decline, he's starting to wonder how long it can go on. He's serving workers from a dying factory in a dying neighborhood. He sees crime on the rise, and he decides to become a criminal himself. If you're a Chicagoan, this is a lot of fun, because you're in the tavern, and it's, you, you get it. If you're not a yeah. Chicagoan, you'll be one after reading this book. Uh, so give that a go. All right. And, 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 and sort of in keeping with that, that's interesting that our, our six things are kind of uh, having this kind of thing. Um, I want you to check out, it's a book, it just came out, it's called, it's an anthology, A Valley of Shadow and Light, a Las Vegas Writer's Las Vegas Writers on Good and Evil. You can get it from the Nevada Humanities.org uh, uh, and, and the Heritage Press uh, website as well as Amazon.com. It is a compilation of Vegas stories, and if you but I if you live in Las Vegas and you kind of know Vegas, it's going to be a lot of fun because it is everything from an indigenous writer talking about how the land has sort of been co-opted by idiots um, to to uh, a woman that was a cocktail waitress for years and the, the lure of stealing tips. I mean, it's everything, and it just happens that Dana German, um, who you spoke to earlier, is featured. She is a featured writer in the book, as well as I am. So um, it's uh, edited by our friend Jarrett Keene, A Valley of Shadow and Light, Las Vegas Writers on Good and Evil. My third thing is a do. It's attend the A Valley of Light and Shadow uh, virtual book launch. This week, Which Thursday, is, October 22nd, at 7 o'clock uh, Pacific Daylight Time. Um, we'll have the, the link to register in the show notes. It's also on literateape.com. Uh, Don, you wrote a story about it on yeah, uh, Tuesday Wednesday. or Wednesday. Wednesday. Um, but it's, it's listed in our feature section on the, on the website, literateape.com. So check that out, um, which I will be there for it. And that should uh, be fun. Yeah, look at how harmonious our three things were. Oh, you still have one more, don't you? Well, I do have one more. It is not harmonious at all. Oh, you fucking um, bastard! If you like, um, and, and I think I've probably already said this, but I just I just finished it because you know, like they, you know, they, there was that period where everything was dumped as like, here's a show, and we're going to show you all the episodes, and you're going to binge them. Yeah. And now, well, now they're kind of going back to, all right, we're going to do it once a week. Yeah. We're going to do, you know, we're going to drop them once a week because they realize that that extends the, the fun. Well, I just finished because everyone's the boys. home all the time. Yes, <laughs> I just I just finished the boys season two, and have you watched the boys at all? No, I have not watched the boys. The okay, court, the all court right. won't let me. 
Did you watch the first? Did you watch the first? Nice. Did you watch the first season? No, I don't know. I, I know okay. nothing about the boys. All right. say this, I, don't, I don't know what it is. Our, all I'm going to tell you about the boys is it's an Amazon original. It is superheroes. It's darker than Watchmen. Um, oh, Jesus. It is. Oh yeah. Um, it is. Uh, it's sort of like well, it's it's effectively Disney bought Marvel. And now all the superheroes belong to Disney. Now imagine if Disney was actually creating the superheroes and they were pieces of shit and Nazis and fucking killers. All right, I'm just going to give you the very first bloody monstrous death you see in season one is Huey, who's one of the main characters, is standing with his fiance, and she's just off the curb and he's standing on the curb and all of a sudden she explodes her whole body explodes in blood and everything, and he's left holding nothing but her hands. And the what? boys, and the, their version of the Flash, called A Train, yeah, is is hopped up on something and has literally run straight through her. Oh my god! And that starts this thing. You have a scene where a woman superhero um, is is her landlord. She's trying to come on to her landlord because she can't pay her rent. And she is literally, she's sitting on his face and he's eating her ass. And she gets so excited that when she orgasms, her thighs contract and squash his fucking head into a, like a fucking bloody melon. Wow. This show is is ideally, if you like superheroes of any kind, this will make you laugh. <laughs> There was a character in second season where they go into this uh, like uh, institute with all these. They're trying to create more superheroes. Yeah, and there's like there's this huge fat guy, and they see in his like his sweats, like his huge giant dick. Then later on, when they all get out of their rooms and they're causing mayhem, one of the main characters standing by a door in the glass, like the little glass institutional window, and all of a sudden this giant fucking fat snake-like tentacle smashes through the window and wraps around his neck. They end up subduing the guy, and he looks over, and it's this guy's giant 75-foot-long muscular dick that has come out. That's his superpower. And he looks over, and he goes, was that... Was that that guy's dick? And the other guy says, yeah, but come on, have an open mind. It is a really God. wonderful show. So if you have not seen The Boys, I, I encourage you to watch Boys Season 1 and Season 2. It is on Amazon Prime. It is one of the, and I will say, it really addresses our waning days of the Trump era. That's all I'm going to say. It okay. is so fucking good. So wow, and and Elizabeth Shue is in it in the whole first season. Oh well, then done. So I knew that would be. I knew that would be something for you, like uh, a milfy Elizabeth oh, Shue. God, I love her. Yeah. So does the so does the the Superman character who is evil and likes to drink her breast milk. I want to be that guy. There you go. I'm just telling you, this is a great show. So watch the show. And we do. Those are six things, my friends. Thanks for listening. I'm going to go have a dream about something and hopefully not about Hotel California. Rock and roll. Hoorah! You can listen to the Literate Apecast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>